0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're going to be talking about when markets correct. And with me today, I have Kelsey Banke. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi, Mary. Kelsey is a certified financial planner. She's been with Stirk Financial for quite a long time. And Kelsey and I do a lot of work on the actual managing of money in our clients' accounts. In fact, Kelsey heads up our research division in terms of the ongoing tracking we have for quality control and making sure that the assets that clients have are positioned in what we feel are good choices. And one of the things that that means is that she and I spend a lot of time talking about how to position things in such a way so that they are going to try to capture as much as they can in an up market, but also position to try to reduce or stem some of the losses in the down market. Yeah, it's
0: definitely both sides. People forget that it's not just about making good money when the market's going up. You can do something to help reduce the impact of the down markets. And if you have the ability to do something about it, you know you need to be paying attention to that and making sure that that's built into your portfolio. Right? Now recently,
1: we had a bit of a market correction. So 2017 posted really strong gains in the overall markets. And 2018 started off with quite an upwards trend until it stopped. (laughs) And panic kind of hit Wall Street and then panic kind of hit Main Street. Or at least that's what the financial headlines would have you believe. Now, I wasn't on Wall Street, so I don't know what the temperature was there. But I was on Main Street America and I know that panic really wasn't what was happening And the panic that people were feeling that we did see largely was actually created by media headlines whipping them into a frenzy.
0: (laughs) It really does. The media can uh, have a big impact on things and can really drive the narrative in a lot of cases. And you need to look deeper than that to determine what the temperature really is. Right. Exactly.
1: Okay. Let me share with you a headline that I saw published. It said... Recently, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the broad-based S&P 500, and the technology-heavy NASDAQ composite suffered through their worst week in years. The Dow shed more than 1,000 points, the NASDAQ dipped more than 340 points, and the S&P 500 fell around 120 points. Now, you might think that that was referring to last month. But that exact same headline that I just read, that was actually from a 2015 article. (laughs) (laughs) And since that point in time, we've had one of the strongest run-ups in the market. And so that just goes to show you that panic-inducing headlines happen all of the time
0: out there. They do. And as things, you know, as we continue to, to tick up higher and higher and higher on all these indexes, you know the points have a smaller and smaller value. So mm-hmm. unless you're talking about you know rates or percentages, you know a thousand point swing that's a lot, but it's a lot less than it was ten years ago. Right. And when um,
1: the when the Dow was ten thousand, a thousand point swing meant ten percent. Yes. But when the Dow's 20,000, a 1,000 point swing only means 5%. Mm-hmm. But it still sounds really, really scary it to say 1,000 point
0: swing. <laughs> it does. And we've talked about this before that, you know, the news isn't going, oh, we had an average day. <laughs> uh, that doesn't sell newspapers or <laughs> headlines or clicks. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, they're really trying to show you the really great things happening or the really horrible things happening. And you're not really seeing those, those middle days. Um, and we think we talked about this before in a different show, but you know, I, I went into Mary's office one day and I said, Mary, this is the, the headline Dow sees worst day in five years or something, something along that line. What they failed to tell you is they just erased the gains the previous day had yeah so it sounds like it's a really scary thing but all we did is just go back to where we were the day before
1: (laughs) yeah insane so i was laughing because i saw a headline that said the market soared 52 points and i'm like (laughs) what are they talking about that's soaring or the market plummets 82 points i'm like listen if you got on an elevator and your choices were soar or plummet, <laughs> you might not want to take
0: that ride. But that's what they're trying to make investing in the market feel like. <laughs> yeah. So, again, go back to the data. Go back to the, the fundamentals of the investments you have. Don't rely just on the headlines to tell you what's going on in the market because – They're not always going to be the best information for your decision-making. Right. So here's the truth of things. Stock market corrections actually
1: happen fairly often. So the U.S. economy naturally peaks and troughs over time. And in response, the markets are going to have peaks and troughs as well. In fact, S&P 500 corrections of 10% or more, including those that actually do turn into a bear market, Occur nearly every one and a half years. Okay, every year and a half, a market correction statistically on average occurs. That's every 357 trading days, and that's been the average since 1957. So when you see a headline that is preaching doom and gloom because we have a market correction happen, that is clickbait. That is somebody trying to sell something based on fear. And the truth of it is you should expect this to happen every year and a half
0: because it does. (laughs) (laughs) It's not only an up roller coaster. There's going to be some downs to it as well. So you got to just... You know, weather the storm and keep in mind what your, your goals are and what you're trading for.
1: Right. And this statistic of them happening every year and a half is from Deutsche Bank. So the long story short is that corrections are an inevitable part of stock ownership and there's nothing you can do as an individual or an investor to stop a correction from occurring. It's just part of the deal. Now the good news about it though is that stock market corrections rarely last very long. So, in a broader context, when the market corrects, the corrections last for a shorter period of time than a typical bull market does, which means we tend to have longer periods of up than we have periods of down. So, when you look at history,
0: Kelsey, how long would you say the average correction tends to last? Uh, Statistics show it's, you know, 87 or so trading days, Mm -hmm. Um, for the typical correction, and it can come out to about 13%, give or take a little bit. So it's really not as severe <laughs> as as you might think it would be. And, and there's going to be some that are way more severe than that and last a lot, lot longer than that. Again, that's an average, so you got to keep in mind there's much longer and much shorter durations than that. But it's, it'll happen, and you just have to be ready and have the plan to weather the ride. Right. That's the biggest
1: thing that you need to keep in mind is having a plan to weather the ride because here's the truth. Your risk tolerance level should never change based on what's happening in the market today. Your risk tolerance level and how much money you should have positioned in the stock side of the market has everything to do with when you're going to utilize that money, how comfortable you are with the ups and downs of things, and potentially even your age. So Those factors drive your risk level, not fear of, oh my gosh, the market's dropping. So that's why financial planners, by and large, will counsel people to ride it out because the truth of it is your risk level shouldn't be correlated with current market performance. It's a hard pill for people to swallow sometimes, but it's one of the better pieces of advice that we can give.
0: Absolutely. It's something that, you know, working with a a financial professional, this is one of the biggest things that we can do is coach through some emotional times yes. um, and avoid emotional mistakes, which trading at wrong points of the market are emotional mistakes.
1: So if you're looking for some guidance, and especially if you're approaching retirement, I'd like to invite you to attend our Retirement Readiness Seminar that we have coming up on April the 5th. We've partnered with Western Iowa Tech's Lifelong Learning Program. And if you're within five to 10 years of retirement, this seminar is for you. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stark, and today we're talking about when markets correct. So we've talked about the fact that stock market corrections happen often. In fact, on average, about every year and a half. We've talked about the fact that they also rarely last for very long. In fact, it's typically right around 87 trading days. So that's not very long, and the average bull market, the upside of the market, tends to last longer than that correction does. Now we're going to talk a little bit about some other issues to keep in mind when you think about market corrections. So the next thing that I think is very important for listeners to key into is we cannot predict what is going to cause a stock market correction. (laughs) Now it may be inevitable, but it isn't predictable.
0: No, it's always, you know, hindsight that shows you what the cause was and you know, going into a situation, you don't know what the, what it is going to be until you're looking back. So, um, anybody that's telling you they can time the market and they can help make the exact right decision at the exact right time. it, It doesn't, Have the ability to do that, that I'm aware of. So, other ways, I probably wouldn't be sitting around giving you financial advice, is my right. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be on a beach with a corona somewhere saying, Ooh, that was fun, right? Yeah, so that's why we fall back on those principles of smart investing and honoring your risk tolerance level, keeping your diversification, and doing all those things that both give you the most potential on the upside, but also protect you on the downside. And it might not be a super cool um, thing to have your portfolio be diversified when the market is um, performing in amazing ways. However, you have that protection in for when the market swings the other way and it's going to swing without predictability.
1: Yep, Mm -hmm. it's going to swing. So one of the frequent questions that we get from people is, well, now, you know, if I have you manage my money, Like, you're going to call me if you think that the market's going to go down, right? And then, and we'll move out of it before that happens. And the answer that every single financial planner should be saying out there is oh, no. Definitely no, that's not what's going to (laughs) happen. And if they're telling you that that is what's going to happen, then that is a big red flag, my friends. And you should be walking away from that office because there is no way to predict it. And if they're trying to time the market, they are always going to fail at getting out at the right time when the markets are going to go down. And they are definitely going to fail on getting back in at the right time when they're going to swing back up. Because the truth of it is that the retracement or the upside following a correction sometimes happens
0: really frequently right away. (laughs) Yeah. We've done shows on the past where the best days frequently followed the very bottom. Right. So by the time you gauge that it's it's safe to go back in the best days might have already happened. Yes. So the the timing of the market the reason that is so unlikely to be successful is you have to make two perfectly correct decisions, one on when to get out and one on when to get back in in order for that to work. And the chances of somebody being able to do that it's it would be purely luck. It would not be based on actual data otherwise there'd be a lot more people doing that (laughs) so right um, be very careful in how you try to move and react during those market
1: corrections so what should you be doing in a correction smart investors know that corrections create opportunities for people to buy Now, your emotions will tell you the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They'll be like, oh, no, sell, panic, panic, sell. The market's going down. I'm going to lose everything, right? That's the fear that, of course, headlines and news is going to make you be thinking. But when the market drops, that means that prices are lower. And you've all heard buy low, sell high. But the ugly, ugly truth of that age-old axiom of buy low, sell high is that buying low usually feels really scary? It can, yeah. <laughs> when you buy during a correction, ladies and gentlemen, that's what buying low feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not super fun for anybody. Nope. But you're in this to try to make a profit. And if that's the case, you have to take advantages of when we see lowering prices right it's like do you want to buy something for full price or do you want to buy it when it's on sale and when a correction happens it's like the what do they call it the blue book special at the Kmart,
0: yeah or the (laughs) the annual sale you know that isn't necessarily annually but uh, yeah exactly that's when you want to if you can buy something after the market's corrected 10% you're getting those, those pieces potentially at a, a 10% discount. So um, if you have cash on the sidelines and, and your intent was to invest it at some point, then looking at those corrections as an opportunity to put that money in is something to consider but you're right, doesn't necessarily feel good. <laughs> right, and it doesn't mean
1: that it's immediately going to make right. money, right? It certainly can do, go down more and you could have an immediate initial loss. And then when the correction comes back again, then you start to see some advantage to having made that decision. But that's a smart thing to consider doing if you're a long-term investor and have comfort with some higher levels of risk tolerance. Now, what's not smart to do is to pull your money out of the stock market when you start to see markets drop because you're never going to pull it out exactly at the right time and you're never going to get back in at the right time like we were just talking about.
0: Yeah, and you got to keep in mind, if you're if you're a long-term investor, then you should be able to ride out a correction and ride it as far down as it's going to go and ride it right back up out of that, that correction. If you are a short-term investor, and you're nervous about this and you might not have your money aligned correctly or you might not have the right emergency account set offside. You know, I've, I've had some people say, well, what if I lose my job? Then that money's, you know, in a correction's not going to be there. Well, that must, you know, you need to have other money set aside that isn't exposed to the market to that degree to help protect you in those situations. So if you're starting to feel a lot of anxiety about the market doing what it's doing, it's time to reassess, make sure everything is is where it should be, and make sure you have the right account set up.
1: Right. So what Kelsey is really talking about is like, what's the purpose of this money? If your purpose is that you're not going to be using it for 10 to 15 years, then you really should not have any major issue with letting things ride when corrections happen. Because statistically speaking over time, that's considered a long-term investment horizon and you should be fine just letting it roll. Now, if you're a short term trader, however, though, or if you're planning to use that money in the next three months, six months, year or something like that, you already should have that risk level blended into that pool of money. So your money and your investment decisions should be aligning with whatever the purpose of the money is and the time frame that you're going to use it. That's very important. And a correction And the fear that comes with a correction is usually a really good time for people to assess
0: their overall purpose of their money, as maybe it's shifted since the last time you looked at it. Exactly. Whenever we have a correction and I get a call and people are really, um, for lack of better words, worked up, Mm -hmm. that's a good time to sit back and reevaluate and say, okay, what's this money for? What other money do you have? What's that money for? You know, what's your time horizon? Have you changed since the last time we talked? Are you gonna retire sooner than we had originally planned? And just really uh, wrap our arms around the whole situation and make sure. And what we're gonna find is one of two things. Either you're in the exact right spot that you should be and you just need to, to um, stomach it a little better, or hey, good that we identified this, something's changed, we need to uh, make some adjustments, but let's make sure we're doing it in a smart way and not just reacting because of the market.
1: Right. Now, I want to speak to a segment of listeners that might be the more aggressive investors out there. And you might even be using something that's called margin. And for those of you who don't know what margin means, basically margin means that you've borrowed money from the investment company in order to invest in your portfolio. So let's just say you had a portfolio that had $100,000 worth of real money in it. Your investment company, based on a certain set of criteria, may have authorized you to borrow another $80,000 that you can also invest. You're going to be paying margin interest costs, but hopefully you're actually making investment earnings with that borrowed money that outpace what it's costing you to borrow. Okay, so that's the theory behind margin. It's only suitable for people who are more aggressive and have a longer term risk or a longer term time horizon. Now, what happens with margin is that the companies will only allow you to margin up to a certain percentage of the value of the actual dollars in the account that are not the loaned ones. So if your $100,000 is margined at 80% and that's your max, if your original $100,000 drops down to be worth $80,000, now you're over-margined. Now you have more borrowed percentage-wise than you're allowed to, and you're going to get something called a margin call, which means they want you to pop back in an additional $20,000 to get yourself back to the $100,000 number so that they are not over-lending to you from a percentage standpoint. So corrections can have a negative impact on people who are heavily leveraged in their portfolios with margin. So if that's you, now that we've recently gone through a correction, you might want to look at your margin percentages and see if you want to reduce your overall margin or make sure you have a cash stash on the side that can weather a drop in the market from a correction or even from going into a bear market that will allow you to put into that account so that you can cover any margin calls that might come your way. All right well we hope that you've learned some good tips and tricks to think about when the market's correct and uh, hopefully these things help you weather the storm next time we start to see panic inducing headlines out in the media. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
0: Expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.